Hey, welcome to Digging Deeper. I'm with Brandon Grant here. He got to preach an amazing message on Sunday. If you didn't get to watch it, make sure you go back and watch it. Brandon, you want to say hello? Hello. It is week three of Digging Deeper. We have the uh, post-Super Bowl Meat cramps for you, oh I hear. Oh my goodness, I ate so much meat. I'm still uncomfortable by it. And by the way, I'm Robert Pedroza, <laughs> Connections Pastor here at Rice City, if we don't know each other. But I, I wanted to talk a little bit. I do have those meat cramps, my Dude, goodness. Well. A little uncomfortable, but we'll get through it. We'll talk some <laughs> Bible <laughs> instead of some meat and things like that. But let's talk, talk meat of the, the Bible. Let's talk the meat of the Bible. I go. like that let's a lot, go. right? Not the milk, the meat. Very good. So, so Brandon... I, at the end of second service, someone came up and we were standing together and just affirmed you and kind of told you, Brandon, I want you to know that you're bold, that you exude and embody boldness. And I agree with that. I think that you are an extremely bold person. You're the type of person who you mean what you say, you say what you mean. Even I, I think it even helps God use you in a big way because when you're talking, when you're preaching, it's believable. Like, I believe that you actually believe what you're saying, which is part of your boldness. But like any good, humble pastor should, <laughs> you can test it a little bit. And I imagine that there might be some moments in your head that were flashing through where you failed at being bold. Is there a moment that you've had in your life where you had a chance to be bold and you just totally blew it? I mean, there's probably multiple of those moments. I think that's yeah. why I contested uh, this person yesterday after the, after the service yeah. and, and why the sermon itself, looking at the boldness of the first century Christians, uh, it was, it was compelling, but it was convicting. And for mm -hmm. me, I, I guess when I think of boldness and I see the definition, at least I went off of yesterday, this unreservedness of speech, this willingness yeah. to speak up, like it is easy for me to talk about anything and everything from a pulpit, but it's different for me to speak about anything and everything in a grocery store aisle. Yeah. Or those random moments that you you meet with people or you're talking to a neighbor and, and you can just sense like, I think I can go there right now, but I don't want to mess up the night because it's going so well or I don't want something to happen. And so yeah. when you ask me about have I have moments of that have, I feel like I failed, I feel like I have those a lot because hmm. there are times I feel like I should probably say something to the gas station clerk or I, I definitely have had moments in the grocery store uh, I, I had a neighbor that um, the very first time I started to talk to him about it, he shut it down and said, we're not going to talk about this again. Wow. And I lived next to this guy for the next six and a half years. And I was so scared to want to bring it back up because I felt like I needed to build the rapport and the friendship and relationship. But there were definitely other opportunities in six years that I could have been like, hey, let's let's talk about that again. I know you said yeah. not to, but we're friends now, right? And I just was like, so that's why that's why when I kind of contested it, I'm probably bold in certain environments, but in my everyday life and an unreservedness of speech, I get scared. Yeah. I think it's encouraging in some ways. Not <laughs> it, it, Honestly, it's encouraging for a lot of us to know because we see, we can see the pastor on the stage being bold and, and, you know, just saying it straight and all these different things. But there's an environment that's a little bit more friendly. It's harder when you're at the gas station or at the barber Absolutely. shop. Like, I, I'm coaching yeah. my kids' ball teams right now. Yeah. And... I love coaching. I love being with my boys, but I also do because it's a it's a chance for me to be in an environment when people don't go to church. I mean, most of the stuff they're they're doing yeah, baseball on Sundays. Right. I'm like, I got a job, um, but but I'm still trying to figure out when 
do I kind of bridge the gap and, and share and talk about things? Um, cause I got a whole baseball season, you know, and I don't want to kind of ruin rapport already with the other coach and all that kind of stuff. But, but I'm always thinking about it. And I think that, I think that's an important piece. And I think with Peter and John and the first century apostles here in this, they, they just had a, they had a, a God awareness in their everyday situations and they were not thinking about like, oh, I, I wonder what's going to be happening today in this arena without also considering in that arena, how might God be opening a door there for me to shine bright and tell people about Jesus? And, and I do want to do that. And I do think I do do that. Yeah. But sometimes I just don't walk through the door <laughs> in the moments when I feel like maybe the door was opened. It's hard. It's yeah. totally hard. It's, it's, hard. It's, 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 it's scary. It's scary. Well, and speaking of which, part of the reason why it's scary, you talked about this on Sunday we're kind of in this cancel culture time yeah. in history. And I know that you mentioned that the early church, they had a cancel culture too. Their consequences were a little bit more extreme. Absolutely. Included print imprisonment, torture, death, yeah. those kind of things, yeah. execution. Um, so pretty extreme. But we're dealing with something now that they never had to deal with. The internet, right? <laughs> Which is a beast in and of itself. The internet. Yeah. We're hyper-connected. So if you say the wrong thing on Sunday or something like that, or, or say something that I just think is is wrong or something like that, I can tweet about it, and it goes out to the entire world in a moment. Yeah. And if everyone else agrees with me too, you can end up on the hot seat, so to speak. Sure. And so, I mean, in this hyper-connected age, there might be some good things to it. I mean, there's a lot of accountability that comes with that, right? You can't get away with saying or doing just anything because it's going to be more well-known and more widespread. How do you feel like this hyper-connected cancel culture age has affected Christians' ability to be bold, good and bad? Well, it's definitely impacted it because generally what gets you canceled is not that you're saying something that you don't agree with, mm. but you are in agreement with what God said about something, yeah. but the culture doesn't want that to be the standard. And so that's what gets you canceled. So at the end of the day, the cancel culture is whether or not you are seeking the approval of, of man and culture in and of itself that's good. or the approval yeah. of God. I, I think that's, that's right. one of the things here in Acts chapter four, where when they are being confronted by even some of their own people, right? The Jewish leaders are, are saying, you got to stop talking about Jesus. And they're like, well, what do you expect us to do? Like what we've seen, what we heard, like how can we be quiet about this? Are we seeking your approval? Or are we seeking God's approval? And I, and I think that, Yes, cancel culture is is taxing and difficult for, for Christians. But the reason it is, is because so often we want a certain amount of followers. We want yeah. our videos liked. We want people to like engage with whatever we post. And so the fear of not having the approval of others ultimately is what silences us, which allows the cancel culture to win. Now, I've never been in a situation yet where... You know, like I, I get it. Like if you're a part of major corporations, right? And all of a sudden they they slander your your company and they start boycotting, and so all of a sudden revenue goes, <laughs> you know, south. Sure like a lot. Yeah. that 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 is a big deal. And I know that there are there are industries that are led by Christians, and that's I think the cancel culture is really difficult for them because they have to stand on what they believe the scriptures to say, but at the same time. They're responsible for the livelihood of their employees, for themselves, their families. Shareholders. That's, and yeah, shareholders. And so uh -huh. in those moments, that's when I kind of feel that there is a comparative piece yeah. to the first century because the livelihood's at stake, not that's just right. reputation. Reputation, who cares? I mean, we care, but we shouldn't care. But livelihood, standard of living, taking care of others, when that starts to get cut off, then we're talking about some, some real um, detriments of cancel culture. 
Yeah, no, I think it's good. And it, I like what you said. It kind of comes down to priority, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it goes back to even that whole God sensitivity that you recognize Peter and John had as well and how we should have as well. You talked about um, during one of your points, you're talking about having a close proximity with Jesus all the time, always being close yeah. with him in the presence of him, actively in the presence of Jesus. And you kind of talked about how it comes down to investment and what we invest our time in. Yeah. In a lot of ways, you mentioned football, you mentioned different things that we might really know a lot about because we spend a lot of baseball time cards on for you. baseball cards, <laughs> football cards, you know, any basketball cards. cards, any sports cards. <laughs> I collect sports cards. So I know some stuff about them. But anyway, they're investments. They're investments. They're investments. You invest they're, your they're, time on it. Okay. And they also earn investments, right? Yeah. I'll sell them, make some money. Hopefully, yeah. we'll see. Anyway, um, <laughs> but the hidden message, I think, in there, the the implied message is that boldness, sometimes we can think it's something that other people have. And yeah. I'm just not wired to have boldness. But in that, you're kind of mentioning in, in a roundabout way, we all have boldness about certain things. You know, we can be bold about our favorite team. You know, I mean, some of us were really bold about we're rooting for the Rams, we're rooting for the Bengals. And, you know, this last Sunday on Super Bowl Sunday, or we can be bold on social media about our opinions about certain things. We can be bold about being the first in line at at Disneyland or, you know, being the first at Space Mountain on Disneyland, whatever. We can be bold and courageous when it comes to certain things. How do you think that we kind of make sure that we're also being bold about our faith? How, I mean... Where do you think that collides? Well, I think I think you're pointing out something that I don't know if I'd put my finger on yet. Okay. And I, and I liked what you just said because it's boldness oftentimes in our minds gets translated as boisterous, loud, bravado, like yeah, ugh, super right. tough and all yeah, that kind of stuff. That's good. But boldness, if it really is what the definition looked at yesterday of the parisia, which meant an unreservedness of speech, Everyone has latent boldness within them. Yes. And you just need to follow the trail of the conversation of what's most prominent and what you talk about that's going to find your boldness. Good. And so so in order to become more bold for Jesus, I I think that that's what I was talking about. They they took notice that they had been with him, Mm -hmm. right? That they spent time with him. And Jesus said, where your, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Some translations, that is also, that word treasure can be translated where your investment is. Where your investment is. And I think where your investment is, your boldness will be found also. Yes. Because um, I don't have a hard time talking about the things that I put my time, my energy, my money towards, the things that I care about. Um, I, I don't have a hard time talking about things I don't like if I've spent a lot of time even paying attention to things that I don't want to talk about. I mean... I mentioned divisive politics. Like, you know how much stuff I talk about sometimes with people that I don't even, I care about it, but I don't want to care about it. But because I spent so much time reading it or hearing about it, it just comes off my tongue. Yeah. And there's boldness there. And so if, if the word of God is central, if having a mission mindset is central, if spending time with Jesus, praying with other believers, being a part of a group, being intentional in a church, if my financial resources are going to invest in the things of the kingdom, all of those things I think have the potential then to unlock that latent boldness because, right, what, what this, one of the scriptures says, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Yes. And there's a connection between your heart and your words. And when mm. your heart is in the right place and God is central and whatever be sitting on the throne of your heart, your, your mouth is the overflow vessel like of that. I like that. Yeah. I, you know, oftentimes 
it, it does come down to priority, you know? Yeah. It comes down to what do you prioritize? What do you value most? What are you thinking about all the time? That's why the Bible tells you, you know, whatever's good, whatever is holy, whatever's yeah. pure, think, think on these things. things. Yep. Think on these things. Why? Because that's going to affect your priorities. It's going to affect what you're bold about. I like that word, latent boldness that we have <laughs> inside of us. Yeah. We all have it. I, I mean, we're in an age right now where protests... Big and small seem like they're a commonplace in even our culture. In, even in Canada now. Even in Canada. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard about this, but there was truckers that blocked the roads leading up to the capital yeah. in Canada, and they're protesting. And Canada uh, is not a protest nation. They no. kind of stay away from it because they see that as American. But now it's just people are wanting to like express their voice and protest. I mean, there, there's we're, we've been given permission to protest more than ever, it seems like. <laughs> And sometimes our protests, you may not be a trucker in Canada. I get it. You may not have even Or have you may, because this, this podcast is all over the place. All over the place. <laughs> so maybe you are a trucker in Canada. Maybe you've marched in a protest before, but maybe your protests have been really small, yeah. right? Sometimes protests can be as small as, yeah, I wore a mask, but it was the thinnest possible mask I could find. I made a mask out of a cheese you know, cloth or something like that. Right? Cloth? Yeah, yeah, it's really thin. It hardly feels like anything. So maybe that's your protest, or maybe you don't go to certain places where you have to, you know, whatever the protest yeah. is, you know, a post that you put on social media, you know, and this protest culture, it really shows us and proves to us that we often are bold about mm-hmm. things we care about. And it's easier, I think, to be bold about things that you disagree with. When you feel like someone is is trying to do something or making or voicing something or something's becoming normal that you disagree with, it's easier to be bold and protest. But how can you be bold about things that God cares about most? How can you be bold about, you know, the things that we're called to be bold about? Not that it's bad to be bold in protest, but how can we also be bold in the things that God calls us to be bold in? How can we transfer that boldness that comes easy in protest to something that might be hard and being a weakness. Yeah. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind, Robert, is I think the Christian community in general is sadly known more for what we are against than what we're for. Mm-hmm. And we have followed yep. the lead in culture in that because it's it's just easier to complain than yep. to celebrate. Yes, it is. It's just easier to point out the faults of others and and the planks in people's eye versus looking at the one on our own. And I think a deeper understanding of of Jesus and his ministry was really a declaration of, I'm for you. Like it was a for something versus an against something. Um, And he even would draw attention, not to himself when he came into a place, but he would say, I'm in this place for you. I've come here for you, to serve you, to love you, to help you. Absolutely. And I think that the more we come to an understanding of this being the heart of God, of saying, yeah, are there things that I am to be against as if I'm a Christian? Yeah, absolutely. Anything that has sin and wrecks my soul, God is like, don't don't be about that. Hmm. But he ultimately, if you read the scripture, he, he gives replacements, right? If this is your sin, then Instead of this, then be for this, right? Yeah. Like here, here yes. are the deeds of the flesh, but don't be for the deeds of the flesh, be for the fruits of the spirit. Amen. Yeah, and I think I the like more that. that we take time and consider all the things Jesus advocates us to be about, who we're to be about, who we're to be for, what we're to do, we can begin to change the tide of joining with the cantankerous culture that just wants to complain about everything. And ultimately, oftentimes the reason people 
and I'm saying this about myself, the reason people like to take the easy road of just complaining and pointing out everything else everyone else is doing is because it helps them feel better about themselves. Because mm-hmm. then, then we all can like yes. not have to take any responsibility for what we've done. And if I can put you down, then it somehow it makes me feel like I just got lifted up. Yep. And the truth is Jesus said, no, I want to lift you up and I want to continue to lift you up as you're for what I'm for. Interesting. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, it, it sounds like it's so easy to be critical. It's much easier to be negative. I mean, oh, if you yeah. want to do a social experiment, next time you're in a line that's taking too long, complain with the people around you. You'll make lots of friends. But try to actually be positive and actually try to almost advocate for the people that are working, that are possibly creating the slowness, and advocate for them. I think you'll see there's a difference oh, in the I, amount of friends I think friends people will make. shut up. Yeah. The moment, I mean, you, the moment you actually stand up for somebody else, yeah. a cowardice quickly takes place because- people get put in their place. That's right. <laughs> There's yeah. just like, uh, oh yeah, so you're not joining in the bandwagon of bashing that person? No, I'm not. And they get quiet. Yeah. What if we as Christians were like Jesus in that we were for people more yeah. than we were against them? Fantastic. Uh, what a challenge. Yeah, I, I think we'd hear a lot of rocks hitting the ground. Hmm. Right, I mean, that, that, that's the story of the adulterous woman in John chapter eight. Yes. Right? Everyone wanted to jump the bandwagon because we caught this woman in adultery. She shouldn't have been sleeping around. And let's 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 take her out. We even have biblical validation. Let's stone her. Let's we have kill justification. her. Justification. This is yeah. right. And Jesus yeah. is like, cool. I'm game. Just he was without sin, throw the first stone. Yeah. If you're perfect, then you can Yeah. You can and then the sound of judgment. Rocks just hitting yeah. the ground one by one. And then Jesus looks at her and says, Does anyone condemn you here? No, because I'm for you. But in the midst of him saying, I'm for you, he doesn't license her to go keep sinning. No. He says, now be for something different. Go and sin no more. Amen. Live yeah, for right. something better than the sin that has put you in this position. Man, I, I can see it. I can dream <laughs> about it. I want to hear rocks hitting the floor. Yeah. And I bet you do too. What a challenge for us. Brandon, this has been an awesome conversation for digging deeper. You have any closing thoughts? No, I just, I, I, I think what you kind of pointed out is huge that like, right, the scriptures talk about that God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Yeah. And so sometimes this exploration of finding things on the outside and turn in, in order to bring it on the inside so I can live how God wants me to, it's actually unleashing what he's already wired in our DNA. That's we are created in the image of God. And I think boldness or unreservedness of wanting to speak up about the good news. Like, why would we not want to talk about good news. Yeah. And so I guess I just encourage all of us, like, you don't have to find boldness. You are bold. It's just, you need to channel your boldness in a proper direction. And you can be bold about multiple things. Yes. Right. Like it's fine to be bold about baseball cards or the Rams or whoever won the Super Bowl or, you know, your dog or I, I mean, any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> people, people, I mean, people stand up for dogs and yeah, stuff. Yeah. I don't. I, I talked about that yesterday. I don't. But I mean, we have the best news that can bring hope and healing to everybody. That's right. So unlock that boldness within and, and channel it so that Jesus gets glory. Love it. Yeah. Well, awesome. This has been a great conversation. I'm sure it's been useful, beneficial to you, challenging. I hope that you actually take the challenges to heart, make some changes. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Have a great week in Acts chapter five with baptisms this coming Sunday. Excited. Be, be there. Awesome. See you.